Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Welcome to the Lena Plants podcast. I'm stoked that you're here. Thank you so much for being here. And if you are a regular listener and you put a review on the podcast last week, I just want to say a special thank you because that was incredibly, incredibly cool to see uh, just all the reviews come through over the past week. I I put out on the podcast last week, hey, if you like the podcast, please go and give it a review. And we did have a lot of people do that. So if that's you, thank you. I appreciate you. And let's get into this episode. So I'm really excited to talk about this. We're not going to be talking about calories again. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. Some of them I think are really good episodes, if I do say so myself. So I'm going to link Uh, in the description where you can learn more about calories and calorie burn and how many calories you need to eat to lose weight. What we're going to talk about specifically in this episode is really to understand where you sit in terms of how many calories you actually burn per day. Uh, We're going to look at how you can calculate what your BMR is and get a bit of an average in terms of your calories. But what's most important and what I'm excited about most is to talk about what you can do to influence those numbers and how you can see results regardless of whether your number ends up being a bit lower than someone else's and what you can really focus on. I think this is super important because a lot of people feel that they can't lose weight because of some kind of factor outside of their control which makes their calorie burn too low for them to sustainably get into a calorie deficit and actually start seeing fat loss. This is an incredibly frustrating place to be, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I have experienced that feeling. I used to think that my metabolism was broken. I used to be convinced that I had to eat super low calories to see results. And over the course of losing 40 pounds and learning what was really going on, what my real issues were, I'm happy to report that that was not the case. So what we're going to do here is get super clear on this and give you a bit of a starting point where regardless of what's going on, you do have some kind of say. I'm going to say actually a lot of say in what you can do next, what your next steps are. So the goal here is that you walk away feeling empowered with knowledge. You're not going to be basing decisions based on fear you're not going to feel like you are broken and you're going to have a clear ap- action step. Step. I don't know why I said stick. You're going to have clear action steps or and really a three-step formula of what you can do next. 
So when you think about how many calories a woman would burn on a daily basis and full disclosure, I'm going to be talking about averages and numbers relating to women in this podcast specifically. So average kind of calories for a woman, people tend to think around 2000 calories a day is your average calorie burn. What that means is that when you take all of the people in the world and you take the high numbers with the low numbers, you mash them all together and then you divide that across the amount of people, you come up with some kind of average. It does not mean that most people are there. It just means that it's the average. The average is actually closer to 2,400 calories a day. But again, this is just an average. What that number tells you though is that most people are going to fall into some kind of tightly restricted range in terms of how many calories they burn on a daily basis. I'm going to show you, or I'm going to, I'm not going to show you, I'm going to talk you through a, a study that was done and kind of plot out what happens when you take 381 women and you look at what are their individual calorie needs and how that looks on a chart and how that compares to their height, their age, their weight, and a few other factors. What you see here in this is that you've got people who are burning 1,300 calories a day as their daily calorie burn. That's to maintain their weight. That's not even to lose weight. And then you've got also women who are able to eat 3,600 calories a day and they maintain their weight eating that many calories. So there's a huge range here. There's little dots all over this chart and they represent every woman and their energy needs, so their calorie needs. So what I want to stress here is that there is this huge variation, but you know how averages work. We just talked about that. You take all those numbers, you add them all up and you divide that number by the amount of people and the maintenance calories for women on average is, like I said, 2,400 calories per day. What happens a lot of time is that people become quite obsessed with finding their specific number. And you're probably thinking, okay, that sounds pretty high. And like I've said, there is this quite huge range here. So you're wondering, where do I fit on that chart? Am I one of the higher end? Am I on the higher end? Or more specifically, I think a lot of people listening are going to feel like they're on the lower end. I want to stress something before we go any further, and that is the fact that knowing whatever your specific number is, even being able to do that is not going to automatically mean that you can magically stick to it. It doesn't necessarily change anything in your life, even if you are able to determine what that number is. It's kind of like when you think about knowing the budget that you are going to need on a weekly basis or the amount of money that you're going to need to live your dream lifestyle. If you figure out, you know, I want to go out and I want to drink a coffee in a coffee house every single day. <laughs> when I used to work at the cafe, there was this little family that would come in and they pretty much came in and bought a coffee for the mom and dad and some fluffies for the kids and some breakfast pretty much every day of the week and I was like this is costing these guys hundreds of dollars a week but they obviously they obviously could support that they obviously had the income to do that well they did at that period of time uh so 
whether you want to have like a super expensive lifestyle or you want to have a more moderate lifestyle, if you were to simply calculate how much money you would need to have your dream lifestyle, that does not mean that you actually have that much money. That just means that you've worked out how much you you want to have, right? It's the same kind of thing when you think about the amount of calories that you burn on a daily basis. If you can determine that number, that does not mean that you stop eating Oreos. It does not mean that you stop wanting chips and binging on burgers. It just means that you now have a number in your head. So not only is it somewhat important to understand where you sit in terms of a range, just so that you've got some peace of mind, I think most importantly, it's more important to understand that your goal here is to look at how you can improve from your starting point not just find an arbitrary number. And I think this is the biggest difference. I'm kind of going off on a little tangent here, but I I want to bring this back around and tell you why I think it's really important, is that almost all of the articles that I've read and the resources that I've looked into when it comes to determining and calculating what your calories are, which is what we're going to look at next, almost all of them talk about how this is important so that you have a goal. And the only way that this becomes important is if you are either tracking macros or you are counting calories. And yes, you must be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. You must be consuming less calories than you burn to lose weight. So you would think, okay, it's logical to want to know what that starting number is so I can reduce from that starting point. But just counting calories or or knowing what your macros should be does not automatically improve your consistency. And I would argue for the long term, for most people, it is not an effective strategy. And I believe, and I've seen this now with hundreds of women, that there is a more effective strategy than simply having a goal and a target that you want to hit and that you have to hit perfectly and instead changing your focus to what does improvement look like for me? How can I reduce from my starting point? Where are my big calorie blockers and how can I reduce or eliminate some of them? If I'm having a weekend binge, predictably on a Friday night, how could I improve that or eliminate that from my weekly cycle? Because automatically by doing that, without knowing a number, without having changed anything else, you will be lowering the calories from your diet. This is an incredibly effective way to operate and it works 100% of the time without fail because it's not looking at you reaching a specific target it's just looking at you reducing from where you are and improving from where you are now because that is the most accurate measure you currently have and what you're going to find as we go on in this episode is that actually determining what your specific calorie burn is on a daily basis unless you're in a metabolic chamber unless you're in some kind of scientific experiment shouldn't really say experiments, (laughs) some kind of, that makes it sound a bit too much like um, something going a little crazy. Unless you are in a specific study that looks at how your metabolism compares to someone else and that that's the focus, it's going to be really hard. I just want to preface it by saying that. So what we're going to do is we will talk about later on the episode, how to reduce from your starting point and how to actually Work smarter rather than just understanding what that calorie number is. We're good? Okay, let's move on. 
So in this range here that varies between 1300 calories a day to maintain someone's weight to someone at the upper end needing 3600 calories to maintain their weight, there's this huge range, but there is a range in which normal lives. Some people are tall and some people are short. Our heights have a normal distribution. So this is a bell curve shape and it means that it drops off to nothing over the edges and within the middle ranges is where most people are going to live and there's going to be more people closer to the middle than there are on the sides. Here's an example of what I mean and we'll keep using that height analogy. Within a normal height for women, there are women who are five foot tall and there are also women who are six feet tall. But there isn't really anyone who is the size of a borrower. I don't know if you guys remember that movie, The Borrowers. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know somewhere if you remember the movie, The Borrowers. They're like these tiny people who are probably like 10 centimeters tall or less, like the size of a mouse. I think they literally ride a mouse, mice. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. And they live in the walls. And it's a, a very, very funny, very slapstick, silly movie from back in the day. There are not people that are the size of borrowers. There are not really people who are two feet tall, to my knowledge. Do not cancel me if you are two feet tall and I'm saying that you don't exist. I apologize. <laughs> there are not really people who are nine feet tall. There are not women who are nine feet tall. So even within this range where you go, okay, there's a huge range of heights of people. There actually isn't a huge range. There is a very small window of range, but then there's a lot of variation within that window. Not, no one is this all five foot seven. I think I'm five foot seven. I think, oh, maybe I'm five foot eight. Between me and however many other people I meet on a daily basis, it's unlikely that I would meet that many people at my exact height. But nearly 100% of the people that I meet are going to be in a tight range of about five foot five. I don't know what this actually is. I'm just guessing here. Five foot five and six foot, or maybe even less than that, like five foot five and five point of five foot eight like it's going to be a small range so it's exactly the same thing here with your calories you exist within a normal range there is no one no one who is maintaining their weight eating 900 calories a day okay so this is really really important to understand you're on the bell curve and most of you will be towards the middle of the bell curve because the people who are on the very ends of it are there because of extreme circumstances which you mostly don't have so you might be t low on that or you might be high but you're not a giant and you're not a borrower <laughs> and the percentage is going to drop off very sharply the closer you get to the edges of that curve so you're much less likely to be in those categories the further away you go from normal and like I said, these are mostly extreme circumstances that are going to contribute to people either having a really high calorie burn or comparatively a really low calorie burn. But no one has a low calorie burn lower than that drop-off point. And that drop-off point, as we will see, is actually 
a lot higher than a lot of people think they have to eat to lose weight. Remember, the person who was the lowest in the study was at 1,300 calories per day. 1,300 calories. So you will not be gaining weight. Some people think they will be gaining weight if they're eating 1,200 calories a day. It is statistically impossible for you to be gaining weight eating 1,200 calories a day because you're past the drop-off point. Does this making sense? I hope that this is really important. Like This is really important for you to understand. You cannot go lower than that drop-off point on the bell curve because you're still existing within that range of normality, the normal distribution in terms of your calorie burn. So for anyone here who's saying, you know, I can't lose weight because my calorie needs are so incredibly low. They can only get so low and that range is still high enough for you to lose fat in a sustainable way. So it may be harder for you. I'm, I'm, it, definitely, it's definitely going to be harder in terms of overall calories. But remember, overall calories that you're consuming is not the only factor that results in how hard something is. I think like this is almost like another tangent that I'm going off on here, but I, I'm constantly having people come to me and say, it's really hard for me to lose weight because I need to eat really little calories. And I kind of think, okay, so difficulty is relative. It might be really hard for someone else to eat or lose weight who needs to eat way more calories than you, who has way more calorie allowance because they're at a high calorie burn because of their upbringing or because of their emotional state or because of the environment that they're in, or because of the time that they have to prep. So kind of saying this, this kind of hierarchy of hardness is how I think about it, is I don't know what to do with that. I I just want to be really honest with you. I don't know what to do with that. When people come and say, it's really hard for me to lose weight. I'm like, dude, friend, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of women who are struggling to lose weight right now. For most people, this is hard in some way. But yes, for some people, because of a whole lot of different factors that we'll talk about, it may be that you need to eat less calories than someone else. And that will for sure be the case. Then, and that's what it's going to take to lose weight. But it's not that low. (laughs) So to give you some actual figures on this I don't know if you guys actually want this but let's just quickly talk through this so percentage of people the percentage of people who were maintaining their weight eating less than 2,000 calories a day so that would be the lower end of the calorie needs that was about 20% of women eat less than 2,000 calories per day or need less than 2,000 calories per day to maintain their weight 65% of people this is women, need between 2,000 calories and 2,800 calories per day. So these, this is the overall distribution is within this range. So you most likely, if you are, you're most likely or you're 65% likely to fall within this 2,000 to 2,800 calorie range as an average of how many calories you need in a day. 16% of people burn more than 2,800 calories a day. Those are high needs. Can you see how there's less people at this range? 
Interesting. The the medium woman in the sample burns 2,365 calories. The percentage of people who needed to eat between 1,800 and 2,000 calories uh, to lose weight was about 9%. Between 1,600 and 1,800 drops to 8%. Here's where it really drops. Between 1,400 and 1,600 was only 2%. And between 1,200 and 1,400 was only 1% of people. So you can see, and it drops very sharply towards the other end as well. So you can see what I mean by the fact that it's this bell curve here and most people are going to exist closer to the middle and it's going to drop off towards the side. So the average amount of calories that you need to maintain your weight is going to depend on three main things. The first one is your current size. Think of this like a big truck versus a tiny little granny car. A big truck needs a lot of fuel to power it. A small car doesn't need much. So you need more calories to maintain a bigger body than a smaller body, simply because you've got more blood that you need to pump around, you've got more surface area, you've got more internal area, and you just need more energy to power the same person if that is a bigger person. It's the main reason why men can get away get away with eating more calories than women on average because they're generally bigger, all right? <laughs> They've got some other factors in there, muscle for muscle mass. They actually do burn more calories, which is wildly unfair. <laughs> but this is why uh, a bigger person is going to, and a taller person, is going to have a higher calorie burn than a shorter, slight person. It's also why every single person is going to hit a plateau or most people will hit a plateau with dieting. I should say everyone because at some point you do stop, right? You're not going to fade away into absolutely nothing. You can't go, you're not going to get down to like one gram. You do stop at some point. But everyone hits that plateau because they reach a point where the amount of calories that they've reduced as they get smaller, that number meets up with their calories that they need on a daily basis. So if you start off with needing 2,000 calories a day and you lose weight for six months and you now need 1,800 calories a day and you've been losing weight eating 1,800 calories a day, now that's going to stop, right? Because you've now reached the amount of calories that you're eating and the calories that you're burning on a daily basis, those two things are the same. So you're going to start maintaining otherwise known as a plateau. So you don't need to be scared of a plateau. You don't need to think of this as you are. People, oh, it frustrates me. Sometimes people think of this as, you know, starvation mode. It's like, no, this is physics. This is very, very basic thermodynamics. You are going to need less energy when you have less mass. Kind of obvious. So as you get smaller, you will need less energy. So this is also important to remember. The second thing that is going to influence how many calories you need is going to be your age. The older you are, the less calories you need on average. But please don't let that freak you out. It's not massive amounts and you still can lose weight when you're older. And there are factors within your control that contribute to this. But it does need to be said that there are there, this is a reason for it. And we'll get into all of these things a bit more in depth uh, in a second. 
The third one is your activity levels. This could be from exercise, but it's mostly to do with your non-exercise activity, like walking around, fidgeting, mowing the lawns, and this can vary between hundreds of calories between people. Even if that person doesn't seem like they have a super active lifestyle, what seems to be the case is that most of the people that can get away with eating more calories than other people is because they are world-class fidgeters, they are people that just move more, and it's, it's kind of phenomenal how much movement or your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, influences your overall calorie burn. I can't wait to talk about that a little bit. And if you want to know more about NEAT and how you can improve your NEAT to start uh, increasing your calorie burn without reducing the amount of calories you're eating so you can get into a calorie deficit easier, I'm going to link that in the description as well to another podcast episode. All right, so let's go into a little bit more depth with these three things. So tall people and size. How does this affect calorie burn? Tall people generally burn more calories than short people on average. And it seems to be the case that they can also afford to eat more while maintaining their weights. So they have a high calorie burn and they have more calories to play with when they are trying to reduce because they are starting with a bigger number. So part of this is simply because they have more surface area to dissipate heat and this is kind of what it play this is how it plays out in the data, all right? So we're going we're looking at the same study here. Virtually all women in the study with a calorie burn that was less than 2000 calories were shorter than 170 centimeters or five foot seven, okay? Which is actually still quite tall. This doesn't mean that if you are shorter than five foot seven, then you will automatically have a lower calorie burn. But what it does mean is that you, if you do have a low calorie burn, part of what contributes to that is mostly, is somewhat to do with your height or it, it can be to do with your height. The average calorie burn for women, even at four foot nine, which is very short, was still 2,000 calories, okay? So it does not automatically mean that because you are short, you automatically have a lower calorie burn. It just means that the distribution of people who, who were at 2,000 calories or less a day were under five foot seven so if you are heavier and this is not just height obviously because there are a lot of people who are heavier than me who are shorter than me and there are a lot of people who are taller than me than are that are lighter than me so just overall weight it means that you are going to have a higher metabolic rate that means the base amount of calories that you burn just from your movement, uh, sorry, not from your movement, just from pumping your heart, uh, the blood around, from just your general day-to-day kind of processes that don't include, include exercise or movement, your BMR, that is going to be higher because of height, uh, weight, sorry, generally. So this reflects the fact that more energy is required to move a larger body and that larger people often have bigger muscles and organs which is also going to result in a higher resting metabolism so this is 
I'm going to I'm going to explain to you what this looks like on a graph as well. So women who don't weigh very much and weigh about 50 kilos, which is 110 pounds, they average 2200 calories uh, in terms of energy needs, whereas a woman who is 100 kilos or 220 pounds they could expect to use about 2,800 calories. So there is actually quite a big difference there. It's about 600 calories difference between someone who is, I mean, it is twice, <laughs> it is twice the weight there. So in some ways it doesn't go up as much as you would think because you've got that base amount of energy that you need just by existing, right? But there's a difference there. When it comes to the differences in people's overall calorie burn, one of the things that's really important to understand is that even if you were to calculate that with an online calculator, and I'm going to show you how to do that in a very quick second, it's very hard to factor in your activity levels. You can factor in your height and you can factor in your weight and your age quite predictably. But your overall activity levels are actually really hard to get accurate. And because these are things that you will self-determine, they're not, su- they just, they cannot be super ac- accurate. Even if you think that you are someone who has a high activity level or you are living in an active job and you, you know, you burn tons of calories through exercise, that does not actually mean that you are on that higher spectrum and that you don't know to what degree that actually influences your overall calorie burn. One thing to point out is that activity level is the stronger explainer of overall calorie burn than age, weight or height. And in fact, When we look at activity levels versus total daily expenditure, it explains 40 to 50% of the variation within people. If you remember what I was saying before, if you think about people who it doesn't seem to matter what they do and they still don't put on weight, you'll probably find that they are someone who fidgets and moves more than you do. Other things that drive up activity levels are like super physically active jobs, like someone who's in a laboring job, uh, endurance training, someone who is exercising a lot like a triathlete. Uh, But people with really low activity levels, they're most likely going to be having uh, desk jobs, limited exercise, and low spontaneous activity. So that's things like fidgeting, Uh, you know, posture, shivering, all that kind of stuff. And when you look at this on a chart and you look at where people sit in terms of the calories that they're burning on a day-to-day basis, there's little dots plotted all over this chart. But when you actually give their activity levels a score, which is what you typically do in some kind of calorie calculator to find your overall calorie burn, there is a direct correlation between your activity levels and the amount of calories that you burn on a day-to-day basis. This is not just your exercise, okay? This is mostly to do with your non-exercise activity. So this beats out age, it beats out height, and it beats out weight. So next time you go to say to someone, hey, you know, I think that my overall, 
I think the reason that I can't lose weight is because of hormones or the reason that my calories are so low is or that I need to eat my calories really, really low. I don't know why I say eat my calories. Keep my calories low to lose weight is because of, you know, my my age. More, it's much, much more likely and it's much, much more determined by your overall activity levels and you not don't necessarily act, actively know what they actually are. So everything that we've been talking about today, which contributes to your overall calorie burn, this is known as your total daily energy expenditure, TDEE. So it's basically a much fancier way of saying what's your maintenance level, and it represents the total number of calories that your body burns each day doing everything that it does. So that includes your basal metabolic rate. That's the amount of calories your body burns at rest, just keeping you alive and functioning and moving blood around. You can imagine this as the number of calories that you would need if you stayed in bed all day doing nothing, not moving and not digesting food. So pretty much if you were in a coma, that would be your basal metabolic rate. And I've had women say to me, you know, I've had my B... BMR tested and it was super low like if you go get a a body fat scan you normally will have your your BMR tested and it's normally comes out around 1400 calories or maybe even 1300 calories and people freak out because they're like oh my gosh if that's 1300 calories that means I have to eat a thousand calories to lose weight no because your your BMR which is what we're talking about is only about 60% of your overall calorie burn your total daily energy expenditure. The next thing that contributes is what we've just been talking about, and that is the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This can range hugely between women and just between people in general. It's the calories burned as the as the result of all the little things that you do over the course of the day that don't include exercise. That could be un- unconscious, spontaneous, daily movement, and you probably aren't even going to really notice what those things are, but it has a surprisingly significant uh, contribution to the amount of calories that you've burned. As we've talked about, it's huge. And just to give you an example of how powerful I think this is, I bought a stand-up desk. Well, I already had a stand-up desk and I've used a stand-up desk for a while, partly because you just burn more calories through standing than by sitting and partly because it's better for my posture but I bought a walking desk to go under my standing desk because I want to actually walk, even if that's super slow, because it burns more calories. I have a very sedentary lifestyle now, okay? Even though I go for a run every day at the moment, my overall lifestyle is still very sedentary compared to what I used to do when I was working in a cafe job and I was on my feet moving, chopping, cutting, I'll say fidgeting, doing dishes, like literally moving my whole body the entire day. And I I truly believe that one of the biggest reasons that I now maintain a slightly higher body weight than I did when I was working that job is mostly to do with the fact that my calorie burn is lower due to my non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Because my my overall food consumption or the, the calories coming in, it's changed slightly, but not as much as my uh, activity levels. You've also got something called the thermic effect of activity. 
And that is the basically the calories that you burn in exercise. It's generally only between 5 and 10%. And it can be even lower than that. So don't count on ex- exercise to help you lose weight. It's a very small amount of your overall calorie burn. The other thing is the thermic effect of food. And that's the calories that your body burns during digestion and all of the processes involved in absorbing the food that you consume. So these four things, based on metabolic rate, the thermic effect effect of activity, uh, the thermic effect of food, and non-exercise activity thermogenesis are all what contribute to your TDEE, which is your total daily energy expenditure. And you can see that how that varies between women. Most of the time, people think that is because of their basal metabolic rate varying. And while it does vary, as we've seen, a lot of that is going to be influenced simply by your activity. Remember, 40% 40 to 50% of the variation between individual women is going to be because of that factor alone. So let's play around with a few numbers here. We've talked about the things that influence your calorie burn. We've talked about the genetic factors like your height and things somewhat within your control or changeable factors like your weight things outside of your control like your age and then your activity levels and how all of those contribute to an overall normal distribution range of how many calories you need. If we want to get specific, we're going to have to look at averages and we're going to have to give you a range, but you can do that. So if you are curious, you can get out a calculator right now and follow this along. So if you want to find the average that you probably sit in, in terms of a range, remember this is just an estimate, you get out your calculator and you want to take your current body weight in pounds, we'll do it in pounds because most of you listening are in the States, and you want to multiply that first by 12 and then by 18. And then within that range is going to generally be the amount of calories that you need to maintain your weight. So I actually do not know what my weight is in pounds, but I'm going to guess it's 130. I think it's about 100. It might might actually be 132. I think that's more accurate for me. About 132 pounds. So times 12 equals 1,584 calories. So that would be the lower range. And if I was to times that 132 times 18, that would be 2,376 So that would mean that the average calories that I could, I would say that I need or the range that I probably sit in is between 1500 or 1550, I think it was, and 2376. So if you are a 200 pound person, you would do 200 times 12 and then 200 times 18 and that would get your estimated estimated daily maintenance calories between 2400 and 3600 calories per day so it's kind of interesting and it's kind of fun where you go hey maybe i'm 15 between 1550 maybe i'm between 200 and or 2300 it's a kind of a fun exercise to go i'm probably in that range based on my height or based on how much I weigh, 
But again, coming back to this idea of does that actually influence my behavior? Does that actually help me to stick to anything? It's almost a pointless activity. (laughs) The biggest takeaway here is that finding that specific number is going to be based on so many factors, most of them quite hard to pin down. There are knowable factors that contribute to difference in weight that are inherent. Those are things like your weight, your height, and your age. You have limited control of them except weight because you, as you lose weight, your energy needs change. So you can change your basal metabolic rate as you lose weight, but it's not going to go more. It's going to go less. You may well have an advantage or a disadvantage over someone else in how many calories you burn at a base level. But ultimately, I want to encourage you that it shouldn't matter how you compare to someone else. And more what will work for you. You have more control over this variance in calorie burn than you don't. You do not have control of most of your calorie burn. Most of your calorie burn, about 60 to 70% is from your basal metabolic rate. And that fits in a range where the range is actually relatively small. You do not have a base metabolic rate where you need to eat 1300 calories total. I should say TDEE. Total daily energy expenditure. You do not have one that means that you have to eat 900 calories a day to maintain your weight or even 1,200 calories a day or even 1,300 calories a day, okay? You do not need to be eating that low. So you do not have much control over your metabolic rate apart from losing losing weight, but you have a lot of control over the variation between you and your neighbor or whatever person that you are comparing yourself with online. You have a lot of control over the variance of the calorie burn that that exists, like I just said. I don't know why I said it twice. But more importantly, you have 100% control over the calorie consumption part, which is the calories coming into your body. So you have limited control overall of the calories that are going out. You have a lot of control over the variation between you and someone else. And you have 100% control over your calorie consumption. So these factors all together mean that you actually have a lot more say in this than that really clever marketer who has a YouTube video and is saying, the reason that you can't lose weight over 50 is because of your hormones. So you need to take this pill and you need to do this thing and we're going to fix everything for you and, and you're broken. And that is not true. Let me just, I just want to tell you something here. And it's kind of like a bit of a tough love thing or I don't know what it is. But I really believe that the, the world in general, and maybe it's, maybe it's capitalism. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's making a quick buck. Who knows? In general, a lot of people are, want, are going to want to tell you that you are a victim. Because if they can tell you the reason that you haven't done something or if you haven't succeeded yet is something outside of your control, outside of your sphere of influence that you need to fix, then they can sell you on that fix. Most of the time that is untrue. Most of the time 
we are able to at least influence a huge part of our results. I would say like the majority of the time that you have huge influence over the results. And if you don't, then that pill isn't going to help you anyway. All right. But where this gets hard is not about the genetic factors. I don't believe that. I think the hardest part about this, and I've seen it a hundred times, I've seen it a thousand times, is that we struggle, all of us, with consistency. We We struggle with changing ingrained habits and we struggle to change our normal, which is inconsistencies, binges, snacking, eating out with friends and all of those things that we currently do, all of those habits that we currently have, which ultimately reflect where we are right now. Where you are right now is the accumulation of the habits that have got you here. The habits that have come before you have resulted in where you are now. So if you want to change where you are now, that's going to come down to habits. And that's where you have 100% influence. Inconsistency is always going to be the thing that influences calorie burn more than anything else. Because when you think about how an average is created, the fact that you take all of that data and then you divide it by all of that data and you come out with an average. If you have got, if you were eating 1,500 or two, or 1,200 calories a day and then you have a 4,000 calorie day or you have an 8,000 calorie day due to a binge or you more predictably, like a lot of people do, maybe this isn't new, but maybe it is, I've definitely been there. You have a week of eating like that or you have a month of eating like that. The average takeout meal is about 2,000 calories. That's not including drinks. That's not including dessert. That's not just burgers and chips. That could be your favorite Thai takeaway. So 2,000 calories, one meal. It's easy to get to a 5,000 calorie meal a day when you are not eating the right kind of foods that will get you into that weight loss zone. So overall, even if you were eating 1,200 calories and killing yourself with that during the week, but you've got these binges and you've got these inconsistencies, that's the reason that you're struggling to lose weight. Not because you have a broken metabolism or a much lower metabolism than someone else. Because remember, that variation is still only going to be in the hundreds of calories. Okay, It's always only going to be in the hundreds of calories. It's never going to be in the thousands. But you can variant the amount of calories in your diet on a day-to-day basis by thousands of calories. And this is what most people are doing. Maybe not all, but most. So regardless, you don't necessarily need to know what that number is. And I don't always think that that's helpful. But be aware that for most people listening, like the vast, vast majority, it's not going to be 1,200 calories It's probably not even going to be 1,600 calories and it's going to more fall into that range. I think we said 2,000, I'll find it. 65% of people are between 2,000 calories and 2,800 calories um, average needs. And then so 16% of people are above that. So if we do 16% plus 65%, that means that 81% of people's calorie needs are over 2,000 calories per day. So that's most of us. And then if you are below that, you may be, but not by much. So then what can you do if that number is so changeable and hard to find and so specific to you? You become a scientist. What does that mean? You get good at interpreting data and adjusting based on the results that you find. Data 
is you. It's how your body responds. We take what we know to be true and then we analyze what we are assuming based on that. So what we know to be true, we know that a calorie deficit will 100% of the time lead to weight loss. We know that if you are maintaining your weight, it means that the amount of calories you are burning and the amount of calories that you are consuming are relatively the same if you're currently maintaining your weight. So instead of then obsessing about a number, you get to actually ask the question, how can I change what I'm doing right now so that I can improve my habits that will then lead to me reducing my calories to get into a calorie deficit and lose weight? Because if I can improve what I'm doing now in terms of my overall habits and improve the I'm going to say calorie profile. I've never used this phrase before. But if I can improve the calorie profile of my day-to-day meals, my weekend binges, my takeout, and all of that combined, then overall, I I improve my overall calorie consumption. Meaning I reduce my calorie consumption if my goal is weight loss. And if I reduce it, and I'm currently maintaining my weight, then I will predictably get into a calorie deficit and lose weight. Think of it like this. If your goal is to save money each week and you know that right now you're spending hundreds of dollars more than you want to on takeout, then you don't need to calculate exactly how much money you need to save. You just need to stop buying pad thai every night. You can count calories. You can try and find that number. You can obsess over working what that out what that is. I personally hate it and I don't think people can do it accurately because there's been a lot of studies now that show that it's very, very hard to do this accurately and you'll need to weigh and measure every bite of food and still you're going to need to adjust over time, right? You're still not going to need to get into a calorie deficit. Or alternatively, you can look at the data now and you can lower your calories without obsessing about that number. You take out your high calorie objectives and you improve from your starting point. So adjusting calorie calorie intake based on results is the best practice for weight loss. This is what we teach in Lean With Plants because your situation will be different to someone else. Your age, your height, your activity levels, your lifestyle, your struggles. And that also will change over time. So any numbers that you have are ultimately an estimate. They don't help you to actually stick to it. And any conclusion that you come to that you're at a lower or higher end is almost irrelevant to you actually making progress. So I just kind of had this insight the other day and I was thinking, it's kind of like saying, how focused am I? And trying to judge how focused you are. Like, do I, do I, you know, sit on my computer and not look at my phone or uh, I don't know, all these things about focus. You could ask that question. Or you could also ask, how can I get more focused? What would improved focus look like for me? That's a far better question to ask. And it means that you can always take your starting point and you can always be trying to improve that. What rele- I just want to stress here, what relevance is it to you where you to find where you fit on that spectrum? How is it going to change things for you? Is it going to change things for you? If you were to realize, okay, I'm on that lower end and I, I have to eat 1600 calories a day to lose weight. Or you find out that's 1,800 calories. Is that really going to change the goals that you want? Is it really going to change what you do or whether you have a binge? 
No, you're still going to need to improve from your starting point. So it's much better to do that by looking at how can I do that and do that in the easiest way that I possibly can. Change the least amount of things. Make that change as simple and seamless as possible and then adjust if I need to. So these are the three action steps that you need to take to start losing weight without needing to know a number, which could be 3,000 calories a day or it could be 1,400 or 1,500 calories for others. But like we said, I doubt that it is. Number one, weigh yourself daily. You want to do this first thing in the morning when you're not wearing any clothes and after you have been to the toilet. You either want to weigh daily or you want to have some other method of determining whether you are losing fat so that you can compare that on a periodic basis. Weight is the easiest one to do because over time you can start to see trends. If you don't want to weigh yourself, you're going to have to find another way of doing this. The second one is to pay attention to averages over a two to three week consecutive period, not day to day. Day to day weight fluctuations are meaningless when it comes to progress. They do not tell you anything about fat burning on a day to day basis. What you are looking for is a trend over time. You're looking at averages. Isn't it interesting how much I've talked about averages in this podcast? And we say that maths is dead. I use averages literally every day of my life. And it is so important if you do not know what an average means, go and look it up. This is math that you really should have retained from school. And if they didn't, I don't blame you. I blame the system. I always blame the system. No, I don't. (laughs) I don't like, I don't like the school system. As it currently is. This is such a tangent. I'm on such a tangent right now. Meaningless on a day-to-day basis. You're looking for an overall average trend. And there are a lot of apps that do this. I think one of them is called Happy Scale. And please don't DM me if you forget what this is called. All you need to do is Google weight apps or weight tracking apps. Okay. (laughs) Chances are that app is going to go out of business or, or whatever. So... Don't get hung up on that. I know a lot of people do use that. Number three, ask yourself the question, is my weight moving in the right direction at a speed that I'm okay with? And if not, adjust what you're doing. I want to add a question in there as well. Is if it is moving at a speed that you're happy with or it's moving in the right direction at a way that you can sustain That's what you're mostly looking for, all right? If it's doing that, keep doing what you're doing after you've made changes. And if not, adjust what you're doing, all right? So we talked about you want to get rid of those highest calorie objectives first. You want to create meals that you know are in that 500 to 600 calorie range. Just released a mini product. uh, It's called Lean Your Meals. It's a very affordable product. And I'm going to link that in the description as well. And that is how to create three weight loss meals you love. So if you don't currently know how to do that, then check out that little mini course. But as long as you are using these principles that I've talked about literally every podcast episode uh, that you're going to find on my YouTube channel. And of course, what we teach you step by step in Lean With Plants. So if you want to know how to do this and you do not want to know how to get consistent long term, then that is the ultimate way for you to go and do that 
But as long as you're doing those things and you're making those adjustments that of in terms of improvement, in terms of re- reducing your overall calorie consumption, getting your consistency higher, then you are moving in the right direction. And if something is not happening, you adjust. This is a fail-proof way of getting into a calorie deficit regardless of knowing where or how many calories you are necessarily consuming and how many you are burning because you take a starting point and you reduce from there you observe like a scientist for trends and then you adjust based on real data and that's it guys all right that's all that weight loss comes down to getting into a calorie deficit and doing what improvement looks like for you I honestly can tell you I do not know how many calories I burn I've got a bit of an idea of an average based on times that I've tracked in the past based on what my watch tells me, based on, you know, all these other factors, but all it is is an estimate. What has been incredibly effective for me is eating in a way that improves my or lowers my calorie consumption through calorie density and then working on my habits. That is how I've lost 40 pounds. It is not by knowing a number or being really good at calculating my TDEE, which you now know what that is. So the main takeaways from this, I hope that you found this helpful and valuable. The main takeaways that I want to really stress to you is that finding that number is difficult and it is not necessarily going to be helpful. It doesn't change much. You might think it will, but it won't because it doesn't actually teach you how to get consistent. It doesn't actually teach you to put a broccoli on your fork and it doesn't magically make that broccoli end up in your mouth. And then you have to close your mouth a million times and chew it and actually swallow it. Knowing a number cannot do that. (laughs) It's just knowing a number. There are multiple factors that are going to influence your overall calorie burn. Height and weight, your age, and your activity levels. Your activity levels account for 40 to 50% of the variation between people. The amount of calories that you burn also exists on a bell curve. You are in a normal distribution range that drops off sharply towards the edges. So it is physically impossible for you to be existing on 500 calories a day or even 900 calories a day or even 1,200 calories a day and not losing weight doing that. You are not a magical unicorn super soldier that does not need food. If you were, (laughs) the government would have grabbed you and they would be doing experiments on you so that they could... They could use your powers, your mutant powers, for all the military, right? Because wouldn't it be amazing to have an army where people didn't need food? Like, it is the biggest problem in our, one of the biggest problems in our world today is that people are starving because they do not get enough calories. So you are not the person that, against all odds, beat the lottery and now does not need calories. We all do. And we all need a relatively high number of them to actually just perform our basic functions, which is our basal metabolic rate, which accounts for about 60 to 70% of our overall calorie burn. So I'm going to leave it there. I hope that this has been helpful for you. This is a much more informative um, podcast with a a lot of numbers. Um, Yeah, I, I think that this really matters because I think there are a lot of people walking around feeling like they really need to figure out what these numbers are. And they're also really scared that they're on that lower range. 
I don't think both. I, I think neither of those things are relevant to you, and they do not help you to succeed. All they do is exist as tools for people to say, "Do this instead," or "You're broken. You need this." Focus on the things within your control, not on the things without. You have far more influence on the things 100% within your control and 100% that you can change and that you can create habits and a lifestyle around than the things that you do not. That is it. (laughs) That is all. This podcast is long. Thank you so much for listening and I hope that you will join me again next week for another episode. If you liked this, please give me a review. Like I'm going to ask again because I got some amazing reviews. I heard from some amazing people and I would, I, it just really, really helps to tell other people that this is a podcast that helps people make empowered decisions. And let's get this message out there. Let's get the message out there that you do not have to be a victim, that you can actually be a hero in your story. You can learn how to do this. This can make sense. It can be simple. Does not mean that it is easy, but it is not complex in terms of what you actually have to do. And we've been sold a lie if we think that it is. It really is just about using calorie density to get in the calorie deficit and using these proven methods of behavioral change to really just make progress. That's all it boils down to is being able to make small amounts of consistent progress. And we are all capable of that. No matter what background we come from, no matter the struggles that we have, we can make consistent progress. You can make consistent progress. And that is what this podcast is about. So... I'm going to leave it there and yeah, I don't know why I can't finish a podcast episode. It's really weird that I can't say no. It's like when someone's kind of, you know, when you um are going out and you're like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. And then you, you pretend to hang up and you're like, no, I, I, I said you would hang up. This is actually what I feel like right now. This is the end. See you next week. Bye.